Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity once again to gather here in your presence, God, and speak your word. We ask that you fill our mouths with what you'd have to say, God. We ask that your will be done mightily. We ask that you grow this podcast beyond compare of our imagination or our thought. God, we ask that you move in a way that you've never moved before, and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're so excited to have you here. We're grateful that you have pressed on and got on with us and are listening today for our, with our podcast. So we're going to go around the table today, start things off like we normally do, just to get a feel of how everyone's doing today. Mark, you're up. Well, I'm doing pretty good today. We had a nice, pleasant Easter, a couple good services. Yeah. Um, record church attendance, too. We did have a record it's church not attendance. That, not that church attendance means no, everything, no. but it feels good to have a packed house. It does. It was good. Got to reveal some good music. We had uh, Riley, we performed a song that she wrote in the morning, and we did a couple of our other originals Sunday evening. Yeah, I feel it feels good. It's um, It's encouraging when people like what you do. Had a good sit-in drummer for a couple of those songs too. But, yes, uh, we did. With Pastor Jack, that was that was fun. I enjoyed it. I definitely did too. I like to take cool. a break and play the bass every once in a while. We know. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Just worked. I think we need to change the question too. How were you last week after the podcast? Last week after the podcast, how did everything? I feel go? like like the average for the days was good. There were a couple times where I was like, mm, not so great. <laughs> not in a bad way, just with my needing to keep myself in check with my frustration sometimes with work or other things. But like overall, it's always good. Yeah. Patty? I had a good week and I really enjoyed Sunday. It's been a long time since I've been at a church that actually did like Easter things for the kids. Yeah. So that was really nice. And to be clear, though, we didn't just do Easter as Easter egg hunt. We did Easter no. for the reason, and then we made it enjoyable true, for everybody. True, yes. I'll say the uh, celebration of Easter, like Easter egg hunts and things like that. My favorite part about those is seeing like the little kids, like the little girls in their Easter dresses. It's just so cute. Yeah. And then also me, Patty, and your wife, Maya, all matched. We were all rocking the blue. Rocking the blue. <laughs> I had on a jean jacket. I feel like I should count. You counted. Okay. Casey was I in had our group blue too. on too, Mark. Yeah, he did. And Bryce. And Eric. Well, our three was like the same shade of blue too. Her fl her flowers. See? Yeah, we were matching. Jerks. <laughs> we all coordinated. Yeah. True, true. So Now, where was everybody else's Star Wars stuff though? We're not all nerds. Yeah, no. No on that one. Okay, no. how about Jurassic Park? I had Jurassic Park, Park socks on. <laughs> so it wasn't a solid theme of all Star Wars. Those okay, movies okay. made me cry. So okay, no. we need to get back on topic. Yes, on we topic. do. Okay. So topic for today. What is wrong with church in America? Church as a society, I guess. What's wrong with it? We're going to go around and kind of bounce ideas off each other. We got some notes taken. We've kind of discussed this before, and I feel like... Church has made itself to where it's not unpresentable, but it's unaccepting. Yeah. Unapproachable. Unapproachable is a good word for it. Standoffish. Right. To where you got to be good. You can only be good to come in, but we all know that that's a lie. No. Oh, yeah. If you can only be good to come in. Jesus was the only one that'd be allowed. Exactly. And there wouldn't be a church established because he didn't roll that way. So let's just kind of go around the table and see... First off, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of what's wrong with church? Not necessarily our church in general, but the church. The church as a whole, yeah. As a whole. Patty, what do you think? The church has lost a lot of the faith yeah. in Jesus. Yeah. I think it started with this COVID thing. Right. I think we went through a lot um, during that time, and it was hard to find peace. Yeah. Mark was telling me, he was kind of going off the list, and it's a church that's starting to become this without that, and one of them was Christians without Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's like I, it's, I can find that for us while you guys are... You pull that up, and let's talk. Um, just like you're saying, there's lack of faith, lack of love towards each other. Overall, I think we're doing... I think overall, our average is very low 
of response towards of positive response. And I think it has a lot to do with the COVID thing too, because a lot of people started watching church on TV or well, it was on more, the internet. I, I feel like it divided people into two different groups. Yes. Whether you just not necessarily politically, but whether you decided to go one way or decided to go another way, or decided to stay in person, decided to go towards E fam or whatever. It was just a big division thing that we should have looked past and been like, okay, let's work this out and work together to come to a, a goal that is Christ-based and not our personal opinion. Yeah, and I will say, to be honest, it wasn't necessarily all bad either, because in the past, if you had people who didn't go to church, for whatever reason they couldn't make it, they lost out. Right. But now with the way the world goes now, with all the different things technology-wise, uh, technology maybe they have work or travel or something, for some reason they can't go, they still have ways they can still interact with the service. Right. So before, maybe they had nothing. Now they at least have something for the times when they can't go. Right. That's true. That's true. But I still feel that a lot of people quit quit coming to church and joining in. In, in person, yeah. Um, yeah. In person. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. it's, it's when it replaces it completely, I think is a bad thing. It's not the same. Exactly. Just be clear, it's not even close. Okay, Casey. What comes to mind first off when you think of what's wrong with church today? I think, excuse me, one of the biggest things is being ingenuine. Um, I feel like a lot of the times people are going to church because it's something you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, we're going and we're sitting in a building and we're listening to music. We're listening to preaching. We're not really paying much attention. Not us specifically, but you know what I mean. Become habit. And yeah, it's just, it's something that you do for ritual. no reason other than it's Sunday and you're supposed to. Right. There's no real encounter, no real interaction, no real even seeking to me. I see that a lot. In yeah. If your response is, it's just because that's what we do, then. Right. What's your reasoning? Right. Yeah. There's no reason behind it. Well, I feel like it should be more of that's who I am. Yeah. Exactly. That's, there's reason for it. I need it throughout the week, you know. Mark, what do you feel? Uh, same thing. I've said this a lot is that the church stands quiet too much. Yeah. I don't mean out. like low volume in service, like, you know, whether it's rowdy or not rowdy. With all the issues and things that come out, the church stays too quiet on it. I feel like that has a lot to do with culture, too, with the culture we're in right now and the society we're in where people are standing up. Uh, when when someone does stand up and say something, well, it's just uh, you hate them. Exactly. Like, no, I, I don't actually hate you. I love you. I'm telling you this, or I wouldn't. That's a lot. That that'd be an excuse why you know. Well, I just won't say anything. That's just as bad. <laughs> exactly. You know. And all that does is then make the things that are wrong. If no one is arguing against it, then the only thing that people are hearing are people accepting it. Right. You know. There's not a voice of truth. Is not a voice of truth. And what, no matter whether it's something that's right or wrong, if you don't have... Yeah, I got that song in my head too, Casey. <laughs> She's sitting over there singing it. Yeah. Good, good uh, Casting Crowns song. Um, but I read this in a book one time that when you're going to have... Whenever there's a topic, even if someone doesn't agree with it, if there's no one arguing about it, how solid is that topic? Right. If you there's know. no disagreement. Exactly. You find out how strong your opinion of something is, even if the person that's arguing against it doesn't believe it's right. They're yeah. just putting it out there. So you, it's like, how does it stand up to critique? Yeah. My thought, first thing that comes to my mind is loveless. The yeah. church is loveless. Um, we've gone come into a kind of a judgmental standpoint instead of a... a a help, a helping standpoint. We don't want to lend a hand. We want to stand on the outside, tell them how wrong they are, and just basically instead of start bailing water, help them sink the ship, you know, poke more holes in it, yeah, so to speak. Um, I feel like we need to get out there and not only say love and do love, or not only say love, but we need to show it. We need to go out and help, go out and, and encourage. And, and a lot of the times I was talking with my dad and uh, – Tony Blackmore and Keontae Blackmore, and we were talking. He said, on Sunday, if you're driving to church and you see somebody on the side of the road that needs their that has a flat tire and you know how to change a flat tire, coming into the church and preaching is is wonderful. 
but stopping on the side of the road, that's where the ministry's at. You know, ministry isn't always ministering to somebody, but you can minister to somebody through action. Right. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, that guy stopped and helped me in his suit and tie. You know, I know it's Sunday. I know he's going to church. I want to be like that. There's a lack of that sort of uh, forwardness towards somebody where you want to go out and help. You want to do, I don't have to preach the gospel. I want to live it and show it to somebody Sorry. through my actions of love or my action of kindness or going out of my own way for somebody. Say we're too busy preaching sermons and speaking them to really live them out. Exactly. Absolutely. So we kind of, Mark has got on and culminated a list, not the one of eight. No. Yeah. We don't want to go into that one. Yeah, that, that one's going to be for a different one. That's going to be a different topic for a different day. But there's get... a few. I can combine some from different ones, but I found that quote that I found earlier. So this comes from the founder of the Salvation Army, a man named William Booth. And his he was prompted one time about the faith and put, in answer to your inquiry, I consider that the chief dangers which confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, politics without God, and heaven without hell. I mean, that's Those are basically yeah. exactly what we're looking at. Yeah. They want to take so many of the important things out. That's nothing anymore. Yeah. There's no uh, content. There's no value to it. They want to make it, we talked about this last week, We want. they want to make it consequence-free. They want to make it easy to where anybody can do it. It is. You're you're complicating it by doing these different things to where it was easy to start out with. Now you got to do a hundred different steps, but you still, if you go through the hundred different steps, you didn't do it right. No, there's one step. Yeah, and it's not an it's not a group of steps. It's a person. Exactly. We talked about that Sunday morning. You can't find it in a book. You can't find it in a cult. You won't find it in a in a uh, a program. Yeah, you'll find it in a person. Yep, and that's Jesus Christ. It's got to be that specific person. If you try and throw anybody else in there, they're going to fall up short. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're not measuring up to that. So We're look, not measuring up to that. No way. They're, it's not possible for us. So go go along, Mark, and give us some of the some of the things, and we'll Let's, start discussing. All right. Let me switch. I probably will use a couple from that one, just because there were some good... No, it was the other one of eight that had a lot of things. Like These are what they consider common problems in the church, and we're going to talk about some of them. Um, one I think that's relevant, especially for what we're doing right now, I'm going to do that one, Okay, is uncertainty around digital ministry. Since we touched on that already with uh, talking about the church online services uh, kind of supplanting yeah. the actual physical meeting, yeah, it's not a bad thing. No. It's it, not a bad thing to use it. It's a bad right. thing. It's not a bad thing if used properly. Exactly. If that makes sense. And that's it. You have to use it properly. If you're doing it just to stay home, you know, not – and sometimes you're saying, oh, I'll watch it on TV or I'll watch it online when I have time. Right. Not necessarily Sunday morning. I feel like it should be a know. supplement to what you do. Yes. You know, I like to watch other preachers throughout the week, you know, to supplement mm -hmm. the church throughout the week because you can't go to church. I mean, there's not really an open – obviously, we do this Tuesday night and then Wednesday night. We have Bible study. Thursday night, we have Bible study. But still, it's Monday – Friday and Saturday. And well, you don't eat, only eat Sundays. Right, exactly. You don't only right. eat food on Sundays. You wouldn't expect your your body you to change if you worked it. out one one day a week, yeah. you know. So I feel like it should be a supplement to what we do. Say, so I know just from personal experience that sometimes whenever you don't have time to eat a full meal or if you're busy otherwise, you'll drink a protein shake or mm -hmm. a protein meal bar. You can't eat that for every single meal exactly. no. and expect to keep living. It doesn't right. replace it. Right. It's something that you can do That's good. Yep. whenever there's not another option. Right. But it's not something you should be doing for everything. And if you ever notice, I know you have because you read the instructions on these things, and it doesn't matter whether it's like Atkins, Jenny Craig, or what's the other – they, slim fast? Sli not slim fast. Weight watchers. Weight watchers. They give you like certain points and certain things for each meal. And they'll say, you know, if you look at the back of the bottle, you know, have a shake for breakfast, have a shake for lunch, have a full meal for dinner. 
Right. They even they're they are telling you our product is not intended to completely replace everything. Right. It's got nutrients and vitamins and things that will help you avoid certain things, these other meals, and then you're free to as long well, obviously it's not like let's eat ten greasy cheeseburgers, but I mean right. eat a balanced meal. Because it physically can't replace. No. And I feel the exact same way about online service or, or live stream of something. Yeah. Do If you're watching it, now all of us in here have, have at least watched one service. Somebody else's, not necessarily ours. I was, I was like, yeah. Did, did, we, you, did you get up and raise your hands during praise and worship? I'll be real. I didn't even really watch it. It was on in the background. Yeah. Basically is where I fall into because yeah. other things take your attention away when you're not in the presence of it, I feel like. Right. Yeah. You know how not- often I'm watching a movie or something on TV and I'm listening to it, but I'm sitting there reading the book on my phone. Right. Do you know how often I'm watching something in a different language and have to back it up because I realized I did not read a single subtitle for five minutes. I was just listening to it. Right. <laughs> and it, and it's the same exact thing with like on TV church because you've you're so used to watching movies and you're so used to watching TV shows and not paying attention and looking at your phone the whole time that you're doing the exact same thing with it and it's just. It doesn't sustain you like a full service does. It doesn't. In my opinion. It's better than nothing, but it's not good enough either. Right. Exactly. Right. It is. It can be really good for like from a study standpoint as well. Yeah. Because you can you back can, it up. Yeah. Because when you're wa- at the service live, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, here, you know, I take notes a lot of times for things. Yeah. And the benefit of when you go home and you can watch it later on or listen to something later on is you can pause it. Yeah. Write what you're at. And you know that if you stop for five minutes to write something, when you hit play again, they didn't lose their train of thought. So you can keep right where it was. You don't right. lose anything. And right. you're using it as a tool. Exactly. Right. As a supplement. Yes. Not the full meal. Right. Yeah. And obviously, we're this is digital media here that we're in. Right. So it's not a bad thing. There is nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But this isn't church. Exactly. <laughs> it's not the same thing as assembling yourselves together. As two or three touching and agreeing on one thing, right. uh, two or three gathered in the pre- in the name of in, in Jesus' name, and Him entering in their presence in the midst with them, it's not the same. It's the same thing. It'd be the, like saying the same thing if someone came to Wednesday night Bible study, but that was the only church they went to. Right. You're getting a lot of information. You're getting good things, but you're not getting. The full effect. That's not enough to keep mm-hmm. you through the whole week. I feel. I, I think that's. A good analogy, and I think to go along with that, Sunday is good, but you need the supplements too. Exactly. If, if you had just that one meal a day and you didn't have those two shakes, the other meals, right? you're not doing so hot. Right. They all need each other. You can't have one without the others. You have to have everything. And I feel that's why a lot of people back away from church sometimes because they're like, well, I'm sick of getting preached at. You weren't sick enough of it to come on Wednesday night and get taught. Yeah, or come at nine forty-five and get taught in Bible study or about Sunday school. So, next one, next one. Let's let's, let's talk about. It. I know the next one. It's probably not on in Mark's mind, but let's talk about worship music. That was on the one of the ones I was going to go on our other list. Come, yeah, Casey, you can smile now. I mean, we we need to talk about it. It is important. It is first thing I want to say. First thing I want to say because this these are topics that are. The church, controversial. They're controversial within the church. It's not controversial between the world and the church. This is this one in particular is um, different church groups or just church people within themselves, different congregations. Why? Why do we got to fight each other? Why? Let's just quit fighting. Yeah, and work together. It's that simple. Quit fighting one another. Work for a common goal, which I believe all of our common goals should be salvation through Jesus Christ and in heaven for eternity. Am I right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's quit. We spend a lot of time fighting each other, and we're not fighting the one who we should be fighting, first of all. And we're not getting the results we should be getting because we have power to fight against our adversary. The Bible doesn't say our adversary is one another. Now, there's church people that you're like, okay, I'm just not going to listen to you. Let's just take them out of this conversation. But we're losing we're losing focus on the people who are out in the world that we could be helping. Exactly. And, you know, 
I always have always said this, you know, if you take my playlist of the music I listen to, even the Christian music I listen to, the Christian ones would be more likely to all be together at a concert. But in general, most of my other music, they wouldn't get along. Right. But it's still good stuff. I still like it, whether it's the lyric or whether it's the style of music. I like all sorts of styles. I mean, like old school, I love classical music. Yeah. Always have. Or holiday music. Yeah. Which I know annoys both of the uh, the uh, choir leaders at or worship leaders at both churches. What I <laughs> I have a habit of when no one can figure out what we're going to practice and no one's paying attention, I will start playing Christmas music. <laughs> he will. So, um, my biggest yeah. thing with worship music as a a worship leader, however you want to define that, is it's supposed to serve a purpose. Exactly. One hundred percent. And if we are spending, listen, there are songs that I hate. There are songs that we sing that I hate from like just a musical standpoint. I don't like them. I don't want to sing them, but we sing them. Whenever we're spending so much time fighting about what type of music we're going to sing, whether that's, you know, contemporary Christian or hymnals or whatever else there is out there, or we spend time fighting about how it sounds whenever we're doing it. You're just negating the purpose of it at all. Absolutely. There's no point in fighting and arguing over things. It's meant to be worship. Exactly. If you don't worship the way that worship is held, worship your own way. But this is the church's time for worship. Or be nice about it, because there's chances are there's other people that like right. the style that you like, and there's other people that are in involved in the worship right. that could bring that forth. Absolutely. And if somebody asks if we'll do a song for worship, if you feel led to do that, absolutely, we'll attempt it. Yeah. We're not professional musicians, and I surely am not a professional vocalist. I will tell you that much. Right, right. Trying it doesn't always mean doing it. I'm not so worried. And a lot of people are worried about the age of it, you know, like contemporary is new stuff and, ooh, scary, it's new, you know. <laughs> I'm not worried about the age of it. I'm worried about the anointing on it. Yeah. Right. What? And there is some worship music that I personally feel like is just, Money grab sometimes, Absolutely. to be honest with you. Yeah. Some of the stuff that you hear, it's not anointed. It's not edifying it anything. It doesn't even say Jesus. Right. It's you know? just happens to be on Christian radio. So I get that. Absolutely. I get I get I get the, the point of it. But in the same response, if you're worried about the age of it over what its intent purpose is, you're all wrong. I'm sorry. Look, if you're looking at me and telling me that a song written this year is not as good as a song written a hundred years ago because of its age. You're telling me that God's not still moving and inspiring things this year. At this point in time, right. Like I pointed out to you earlier before the ladies got here was, you know, there's, there is Christian music that is just music by Christian bands. Yep. Right. And then there is Christian music by Christian bands that actually has the Christian message. And that's not saying the other stuff's bad, but there's some stuff that, while I would listen to, I wouldn't call it music I'd hear at church. Right. But it's not still not bad music. And here's a here's a point that I brought up to Mark. At some point in time, the songs that you want to sing were new. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we talked. Me and Mark talked about it. They were they were their original worship was prayer in Greek or Hebrew or Latin or whatever Aramaic. You know, it was just singing prayer. And now we've changed it and. They probably had the same thought or had to jump the same hurdles at that point. But you got to think, Amazing Grace was a brand new song at one point yeah. in time. The Old Rugged Cross was a brand new song at one point in time. Not saying that they're not still valid to this day, but it doesn't take away validity from a new song that comes up. And that's something you can tell, too, because when you're listening to the music and you're listening actually to the words behind the music, what the lyrics are. Yeah. You can tell when it feels valid and when it feels like something else. Like it's coerced, yeah. Yeah, and if you're feeling it's like, you know, hey, you know, I I feel this way. I feel like the way they are feeling or I have been through this type of situation. That's when it when, when it's real. Right. You know, that's just let it go then. Right. It, I feel and, and like we're saying, I don't think any of this stuff is really worth arguing about. No. no. I mean, there's some things that are like you got to stand firm on this. Exactly. And some of it's like, we're sitting here fighting each other when we are fighting a, a battle that's just taken us down. And it's just, we you talk about it a lot, that a lot of physical things that you see have spiritual origins. Absolutely. 
Why on earth would we be fighting over praise and worship for no reason other than there's somebody who doesn't want praise and worship to happen? Right, right. Yeah, and that's... And here's the other thing. Think about it. I think we need all these issues, we need to view them in this one lens. Does either side, whichever one is right or wrong, does your response to it affect your eternal destination? If it doesn't affect your salvation, it's not important enough to fight about. Right. Well... We've we've stomped on that one as much as we could. Let's hear the next I mean, one. We could, I was gonna say, yeah, you know, everyone in this room is involved in in music somehow. And, and here, I, I'm just gonna go back to the first thing I said. Let's quit fighting with each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's move on to the next thing, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, none of it. To be honest, like we were reading through some of these, it's like couldn't find one that really. Luckily for us, I know not every church is that lucky that. We don't face some of these issues, but that's not saying there's some that we don't face, but right. we go to a pretty good church, not yeah. gonna lie. Okay, let's go let's tap on this list here. Vision and strategy that aren't aligned. That's a big that's a problem that I obviously we don't I don't think we face on a big level. I think we try to go after things properly. Yeah. I think we shoot for the stars most of the time because we have a famous saying, if you can, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Yeah. So we at least want to, and we do have what's called a vision Sunday. We at least have it once a year. Yeah. I mean, normally we have it on the five week months, but when we, we change that to popcorn preaching now that we have associate pastors, but we have a vision and we want to go about that the most biblically correct way, the most spirit led way and the best way, I guess. I feel like though, if you go to that biblically and spiritually correct, it That's, can't be wrong. It can't be wrong. Yeah, because you're not going on your own ideas, and you're going. You've got the right foundation for it. It's not. Oh, Bryce thinks this. Casey thinks we should do it this way. Mark and Patty say something completely different. Right. If you're all reading from the same book and you've got the same things there, it's going to be awful hard to have different ideas of what it says. I mean, we can we both under, we all understand things in a different way. Right. But in all the stuff that is pre-directed here this or that, there's no room for interpreting it any different when it says, you know, this is wrong and this is right, especially if we have alike goals. Yeah. I think our if our vision is the same, our strategy is very comparable. You have anything to say on that, ladies? I think you guys pretty well covered it. You know, I do think that it's important to acknowledge that sometimes your end goal has several many baby goals that you have right. to meet before you can get there. Right. And not to be discouraged if you're not, you know, from point A to point Z, if you can't just jump there. Right. Because there's things to be learned and things to be gained at every step along the way also. That's Absolutely. Right. Things and those steps in between that help you with that last step that, you know, there's a common trope in like video games where there's certain things that you get to, yeah. you can get a shortcut to the end, but most of the time you get to that shortcut to the end, the one thing you need to finish it was in the middle, was only available one time at one spot. And if you miss that, you can't finish. It's done. You can't finish anything and you can't go back and get it. Right. That's right. it. There's no way re- back. You got to restart completely in that. Exactly. Start all over. All right, Mark, next topic. All right. This one is kind of dear to where we're going with our uh, Sunday school lessons in the morning. Yeah. Failure to authentically disciple people. Ooh, that goes with Casey's ingenuine type. Honestly, it's always going to be easier for people to pick up on. Yeah. Or, or lack of on either way, like whether you're being genuine or not, people will know. I feel like that goes along with everything that we have that popped up in our mind first of uh, lovelessness. She's talking about faith, our faithlessness, basically. And she's talking about know, being ingenuine. I can't remember what Mark said, but I'm pretty sure it lined up. Staying quiet. Staying quiet. Authenticity is one of my favorite words when it comes to terms of how the church is presenting itself. Right. You know, you talked about being unapproachable at one point because yep. everybody wants it's understandable to want to have your best foot forward. Absolutely. Nobody wants 
everybody to see them when they're a mess. You but know? I want the real thing forward. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's what's important. You know, it seems so unapproachable. It's un- so unattainable because we're always presenting ourselves as, you know, these awesome people who never do anything wrong and never have Flawless. a bad day. Yep. Flawless. Yeah. When in reality, the authentic, real situation is it's not like that. Absolutely. Know? And that's what people are coming up against. They're thinking, I'm never going to get there. I was talking. I was talking to a good friend of mine, and he's in a situation where he's being lied to, you know, about certain things. And it's like he told me today. He said, and we were talking about the 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 problem that he's facing. You know, he said, I would rather. He said, Look, tell me the truth, no matter how bad it is. We can work with the truth. He said, Please stop lying to me. You know, and it's not me lying to him. It's someone in his life. But he's like. Quit lying to me. Just tell me the truth. I don't care how bad it is. We'll figure it out. We'll work on it. You know, we'll work to a common goal. But just please, we can't do anything if you keep lying to me. I think us as a church, that's what we need to do. Right, right. Stop lying. Stop petting the cat and saying, it's okay. It's okay what you do. It's all right. No, it's not. No. You have to turn away from what you're doing. Right. Turn away from your wicked ways. And want to change. Absolutely. And want to serve the God that we serve. And you have to want to do it. And that's authenticity, how you said it. Yeah. And with the worship music, with anything that we do in the church, it has to glorify the one true God. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's Jesus Christ. Absolutely. You know, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and to show us how to do that. Yep. Because without love, you're going to have nothing. Without the Spirit, you're going to have nothing because you can't serve Jesus Christ. Right. Right. And I think a lot of the times you have to get out of our own heads about it all too, you know. We are all doing the best we can mm-hmm. in everything. The best we can led by the Spirit. Right. Are we right 100% of the time? No. Probably not. But we don't want to quit either. Right. We're still humans. Right. We're still yeah. human, but we still want to go forward in Christ and we can't quit. Right. You have to keep on. And if you mess up, be honest about it. Yeah. And we'll work on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the best, that's the biggest thing about having a good church family. You know, we want to work on it together. We want to be as, as helpful and as unjudgmental, I guess, if that's even a word, or non judgmental as we can to get your best foot forward and not your best foot that's shined up and polished in a nice shoe, but it's dead on the inside with fungus, you know. Mm-hmm. We want the one that's real forward because when you become real, you can get real help and real answers. And that's the whole thing about with even tying in with the not not sitting quiet. And also with not just, you know, putting the best foot forward just to go where we know that we mess up and we're willing to correct whatever we get wrong. Right. And, you know, like I always like to say, hey, if I'm teaching something, you look, can look it up and if it's not right, let me know because I don't want to just keep going and keep going. If it, Stay incorrect, yeah. Exactly. If you, if you speak up about being incorrect, that's the only way you can become correct. Exactly. You know what I mean? And if, you, if you're sitting back and staying quiet about it or just continue on no matter what someone else says, you know, I don't care what they said or what the Bible says, I'm right and whatever – You'll always be wrong with that yeah, sort of mentality. Yeah, your first mistake was, I don't care what the Bible says. Right. That should be the really right. the only thing we care that about what it says. should be a warning to you. Right. There's, <laughs> our, there's our red flag right <laughs> okay, there. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, goodbye. And there's just so many. And honestly, like, all the problems a lot of times stem from things like that. Unless you're, you're not willing to go to the source first, yeah. That tells you how to do things. You want to interpret it yourself and then you're fine. So let's hear that let's let's hear that question again. The one you just asked us. The question? Or whatever it was. The oh the topic. topic? Yeah. Uh, let me scroll back up. Hold on a second. Failure to authentically disciple people. Let's talk about discipleship and how important it is. It's very important. Well, and what is discipleship in your mind, Mark? Oh, you're asking me that because well, I'm getting a teacher asking, on Sunday. I go say yeah, well, that's Hate what I'm teaching on you, right buddy, now. You're the resident expert right now. Right, I don't know right. if I, I you you I don't know if I agree with the whole expert part of it. But Just resident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm the resident I'm one talking about it. Yeah, I'm currently occupying space. Um, you've got to be authentic. It's got to be genuine, and it's got to be to the right place. Like right. I, I make, like I said, that Sunday morning. You know, when you talk about, we talk about repentance and things like that. Yeah. You know, 
a circle is 360 degrees. Right. And when you repent, you can't just turn away. You have to turn towards. You have to turn towards the correct direction. You right. know, out of those other 359 degrees, one points to Jesus. Right. You know, I, like I said, I was aimed at the pulpit. I turned just a little bit to the left. And, you know, I'm no longer looking at the still pulpit. Still technically turned away. I still turned away. But if I didn't turn to the right spot, it didn't matter. So the with to I would say to authentically disciple people is if you're not leading them towards Jesus, you're not doing it authentically. You're, you're still leading them astray. Exactly. You're only just leading them astray a different way. Right. It's not necessarily as bad. When I think of disciple, I think or discipleship, I think of leading someone to Christ through your experience, you know, the only experience that you truly know about. I feel like you need to lead them like you're saying, away from what they were doing, you know, in a loving manner. Obviously, you can't exactly. force anybody to. Once the fear is gone, the force is, you can't, their decision is gone. Force is over with once the fear is gone. So I think you need to disciple people in more than words. Yes. I'm be real. I was just sitting over here while Mark was talking. I had a whole epiphany. It's probably not <laughs> that profound of a thought for anybody else, but I'm still going to share it. Go for it. Because whenever you say discipleship, it makes me think of the disciples. Right. And it brought me back to Jesus meeting them while they were out fishing where mm-hmm. they were. Right. He didn't expect them to show up at the temple one day and be great, not Sign be fishermen anymore. Right, right. He met them exactly where they were in that moment and called them from that point and taught them ongoing. If we're discipling people, we have to be able to meet them where they are to teach them. And be with them through the process. Right. Not expect them to be ready or to be in the right place at the right time. Sometimes you're going to have to just deal with what they are for the time. Uh, Deal with Peter cutting Malchus's ear off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Way to go, Peter. And he's been with Jesus for quite a bit at that point. And think about this, even to go further with Peter. He denied him at his crucifixion because he was scared. He wasn't a full, true disciple until after Jesus was gone. Right. Uh, Proximity does not mean genuine. Don't be weary in well-doing. Um, those who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Even if you leave this planet, the people who you are discipling might finally, finally reach true discipleship. Where they're, And I think when you hit true discipleship, it's when the ones you're teaching become teachers. Right. Just because you plant the seed doesn't mean you're meant to see the harvest. Exactly. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> you had to think about absolutely there. I went so dyslexic right there. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And even if you get to a point where who you were discipling has now become a disciple and is leading other people to discipleship, your work is done. Right. There's more than one person out there. What are your thoughts, Patty? I'm all over the place right now. We all are. <laughs> I we think. All. I just said absolutely. I think it's kind of like a parent. Okay. Okay. Right. This Go on is with what that. I'm thinking. It's kind of like a parent. I want to show my kids how to do things. Right. The right way. We right. have to show people how to serve Jesus the right way. Right. We always tell them what they can't do, what they're not supposed to be into. Right. We're not teaching them enough about how to do it. The good things. The good things. Yep. How to do it this the right way. Um, how to get them closer to God. We preach it and we preach it, but we don't show them enough. Right. We got to do both at the same time. Right. Show them, speak to them, love on them. And even if we get spit on like Jesus did, yeah. we have to continue on moving forward. And here's another important thing, too. Pat them on the back when they do something yeah. right. Yeah. Who small, doesn't like that? When there's a small victory, give them some accolades mm-hmm. for it. You know, Don't make their head too big that they can't fit through the door. But And this like, takes that, that scripture, precept upon precept. You have to keep on going, keep on going, and pushing them sometimes up the steps. You know, like I said last week, so you, you never know. fully made it until you open your eyes in exactly. heaven, and yeah. then on earth that. you're dead. And you know, you're I dead, really, but you're in heaven. Bryce, I got to be honest, I didn't really get that until I listened to the podcast again. The you way, thought I was where, just joking where around? You, were going. <laughs> you thought I was just joking? I think it was the way. Oh. I think it was just a shock. It was just a shock. Like, yeah. You try to do better than yeah. you die. <laughs> no, I didn't no, say you no, try. Like, you do, you constantly do better, but you're not there. It came out, but I didn't see his real. 
It was just of the it. moment you're when like, you what? Fi- I meant, here's what I meant. But he heard, when you she finally heard it, make stopped it. listening for a second is what it was. <laughs> when you finally make it, yes. when you're finally good enough, you're dead in yep. heaven. Mm-hmm. I think the dead part threw you off. Yeah. <laughs> it did. Essentially, it is as long as you have a job to do, you'll be here. Once you've accomplished what you're supposed to do, then you you're dead. I'm going to say dead and in heaven. You got to put the in heaven part too. In heaven. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. You know you've done your job right when you hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Well, and I'll go back. Bring this up. This was, I think, was in like the first week of our discipleship class. And in the English language, when you put the word ship at the end of something, it describes the act of being a part of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, when you're like with, a, like, I think I use you and your dad. Yeah. They have a relationship. He's related. It's the act of being related to right. his dad. When you're a citizen, you have citizenship. It's the act of being a citizen. When you're in discipleship, in discipleship, it's the act of being a, a disciple. disciple. Kind of describes it. So it's like you can't Add say it. that you're a disciple of Jesus, but then what you're you're what you're showing that your discipleship is leading someone somewhere else. Then you're not being authentic. You're not being genuine, as like Casey likes to say. Right. And people can tell that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And that's why it's a problem. If pe- people can see things, people are watching, people yeah. are paying attention. People are, a lot of times, they're waiting for you to fail, waiting for exactly. you to fall, you know, as bad as that sounds. But that's why you have to be on alert, be real, first of all, be on alert, and know that what you're doing, first of all, has consequences, first of, and second of all, affects more than just you. Yeah, and here's the other thing you can think about when you're when people are asking you questions. Yeah, which is part of you know discipling as well. They're asking you know, what what does the Bible say on this. You can tell when there's certain questions they don't ask you because they know they the know answer. what you're going to say right. and they don't want to hear it. Right. So they'll ask you every question but that one because they know if they've been around you, they know your stance on that. Yeah. They know you're not going to push it, but if you ask, yeah, you're going to get an answer. You're going to get the answer and. Most of the time, people don't like it. No. And if they already know it, that's why they're not going to answer, because you, if you're doing it correctly, you can point them to where in the Bible it says it. Basically, take the blame off of you. Yeah. Put the blame onto their shoulders, and people don't like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't like Especially being... people who are running, actively running from God. All right, let's hear the next topic, Mark. Next one. Okay, we're going to go a little bit higher than this. I'm doing this out of order because it's more fun that way. <laughs> okay, so we talked about vision and strategy, right? Yeah. Okay, how about a culture that works against the vision? A culture that works against the vision. I think that ultimately the culture probably isn't going to line up with what, what the church should be doing. Should you be actively doing things that are new? Because like Casey said, the spirit... The Spirit of God, God has not changed. His Spirit hasn't changed. His message hasn't changed. Um, but should you be aligning with culture in in a way that it's taking you away from the true vision of what the Gospels are preaching? No. I don't think that's a problem. I like You hear this all the time, especially in sports, when they get like a new coach. They create their culture. Right. They have a culture of winning, or they have a culture that takes on the mentality of how they want, whatever their mentality is, how they think and feel, that's how they build their team, like-minded people. So, and a lot of times the reason these places have new coaches is because it wasn't just necessarily the coach was bad, the culture was bad. It was toxic or it wasn't conductive to everyone getting to their full potential. Because you can take the same players and you get a, a coach with the right culture and all of a sudden they're smashing everybody. Right. It's not different players. You might get one or two different guys, but you've got the same core group. It's a different atmosphere. Exactly. So like with the vision, it's good to have the vision, but then you've got to build the culture that supports it. Say, so I think the only time that a culture not supporting a vision becomes an issue is if leadership allows it to, Right. to be honest. Right. You know. That's why I said you've got to build that culture. you got 
you don't just sell them on the idea. Okay. Okay. This is what we want. And now this is what the steps we need to do to do this. To get it, right? right. If you don't have that plan, then whatever culture was there before you got there, if it doesn't already line up with what you want to do, which usually when you have a vision, it's usually different than what they did before to start with. So if you don't also have a plan to put the steps in so everybody can be involved to do this together. I think me and Casey are talking. Me and Casey are on the same page. And you are on a different page. We're talking about two different cultures. I think I so. think we are. I think me and Casey are talking about a societal culture. Yeah. And you're talking about a culture that is pushed as an atmosphere. Yes. Okay. So me and Casey are talking about culture that we live in, atmos- our society-wise, you know, to where if the leader allows it to come in from basically the world coming into the yes, church. Yes, exactly. And you're talking about the the leader making an atmosphere to where you want to work and drive towards a good common goal. I think it's that kind of culture that will stop the other kind of culture from coming Come, in. Absolutely. Right. My thoughts even apply to like a smaller culture, because like you call a group of people a culture sometimes, how they behave together. Yeah. You know, there might not always be 100% of the people that agree with what the vision is right. or the steps, but the way that I see it, and maybe I'm wrong, and if I am, sorry, you know, this is what the vision is. As leadership, you know, God ordained, spirit led. This is what our vision is. This is where we want to be. Right. These are the steps we're going to take. And we want to take everybody that we can along with us. With us. Absolutely. But we're not going to stay back here because you don't want to take the next step either. You're either with us or you're not. We're going to try to keep you there. If you're not, that can't affect the vision. Exactly. Absolutely. I think that goes along with the atmosphere type, type culture. I like that. I like that point, Casey, because... We're wanting to be moving forward at all times because if you stop in the middle of the road, there's a chance you're going to get hit coming or going. Exactly. Yeah. If you slam your brakes on the th- and stop on your lane, you're going to get rear-ended. If you cross the lane going in oncoming traffic, you're going to get in a head-on collision. And look, right. I love all of you, but if we're all standing in the middle of the road and there's a car coming, I'm getting out of the I way. If I can't tug you out of the way, I'm not going to stay there with you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good analogy. Well, the yep. Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Exactly. Right. right. And that's in anything. You had a common goal. Yes. You have a culture that wants something the same exact thing. We want something the same exact thing. We want to get to heaven. We don't want to be left behind. We want to hear, right. well done, good and faithful servant. We right. want to hear that. Right. So how can we do that? We have to take people with us. Exactly. Right. That's right. the only way we're going to get rewarded when right. we're up there. Right. So I think to me, it's like, you know, you guys know how I like words, looking at what they mean and things like that. And then context is also key in it. Yeah. So I think just like how there are a lot of words that we use now that don't mean what they used to. Yeah. And then they make what we're reading not make sense. Yeah. I think we can apply that to the word culture as well. Yeah. Because we take it culture right now as in um, mostly ethnic. Yeah. But we need to take culture to be in in conductive to build the church. Right. Make it more of an atmosphere where it doesn't matter whether you're from this state, that state, this country, that country, that part, building a culture. That culture wise does not matter. Right. Because the goal is we're gonna go back to ship. We all have one singular citizenship that we're gaining. Right. And that is heaven. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter where you came from before. Right. That culture can't affect the culture of the Bible. Church culture has everything to do, like the culture you're talking about, church atmosphere, has everything to do with leadership. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying with a team. Uh, You could take the exact same players and put them with a humdrum uh, loser in life, and you won't win on the field. And if you come with the same exact group of kids and there's a, an upbeat spirit to them and the, te- and, the, and the coach wants to win, has a winning type personality and they want to move forward and do the best that they can, you'll see a different team. Exactly. That's the same way in your church. Yeah. You need to have a winning type mentality. And like we just explained, winning is opening your eyes in heaven and being able to become a citizen of heaven. Yeah. I, I like to use, I've used this over the years um, to prove a point of it's not always just maybe that person's that good just because they're amazing. Right. If you took 
if you look at how they build teams, different ones have different ways. Yeah. Going back into the heydays, you go back to the Colts and the Patriots, their biggest money they spent was always on their offensive line and their defensive line. Yeah. Didn't care so much about where anybody else came from. Right. If you were to take Peyton Manning or Tom Brady and you put them on, say, a team like the Lions, who put all their money at receiver or quarterback and didn't care who was on the line. Right. Those guys smashed. can't move. Right. They are not running from anybody. Right. If they if they took the ball and start running, things are bad. Right. It's all about a leader to realizing what he needs to succeed. So. Exactly. So it's like you can have all stars. Right. But if you don't have them in the right spots, it's not going to matter one bit. And with that, I'd like to end this podcast. I want to say that we love you. We appreciate you. We want you to join in with us next week. This was part one of a part two uh, podcast series. We're going to dive deeper next time. And when you hear this, it'll be next week. We appreciate you guys. And we want to say love you. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey, both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.